keep saying it over and over and over again. But after last night, you just can't say it enough. These Pittsburgh Steelers have guts. Balls the size of grapefruits. All you've got to do is win by one, and the Steelers did. Pittsburgh 39, Baltimore 38. Boswell at the deck again. Ben throws for over 500 yards. Antonio Brown catches for over 200 yards. The Steeler defense is in trouble. Deep trouble. Major trouble without Shazier and Hayden. Dumb penalties up the yin-yang. But late in the game, the D got some stops. Not much talent now on D. Not many playmakers. Not much brains. But major, major hearts. The Steelers are now 11-2. Santa Claus is coming to town. But first, it's the New England Patriots. Andre the Giant. Can the Steelers get him up for the body slam? Maybe that's where we want to start the show. Can the Steelers beat New England? And what do they got to do to do it? This is the Mark Madden Show. Live at Buford's on 5th Avenue. We got the Penguins in Avalanche tonight. Right across the street at PPG Paints Arena. We got the New England Patriots on TV tonight. Warming up for the Steelers by playing Miami. But the talk du jour is obviously the Steelers beating the Ravens in an instant classic. Contested last night at Heinz Field. What a football game. And of course, what do the Steelers got to do to win at Heinz Field against New England this coming Sunday? 412-333-WXDX is the number to call. Or you can follow me on Twitter at Mark Madden X. We got Matt Williamson, our football guru. Can't wait to talk to him. Matt joins me at 3.30. And then in the 4 o'clock hour, we'll talk hockey with the old 2-9-er, Phil Bork. I tell you, if you saw that video with Ryan Shazier after the game, that FaceTime with Shazier in the locker room celebrating winning the AFC North Championship, if you saw that and didn't cry a little, you're just not human. That was just marvelous. You can check the video out on the Mark Madden page at WXDX.com. Uh, Shazier is said to be making progress, but the news is leaking out of there in very small doses. It was an epic day in the National Football League. Not only epic, but classic. Uh, Shady McCoy romps through the snow in overtime. The Philadelphia Eagles lost their quarterback Carson Wentz to injury, but still won at Los Angeles with Nick Foles finishing up at QB, but uh, that ain't going to work past yesterday, I don't believe. Jacksonville beats Seattle 30-24. to Suddenly the Jags are 9-4. and They're number two in total defense, number one in scoring defense, and they are a legitimate threat in the AFC, so much so, I believe, that in addition to the winner of Steelers New England getting the top seed and home field, 
kind of start in there will be the added perk of not having to play Jacksonville in the divisional seat, uh, round because uh, Jacksonville looks like it'll be the number three seed in the AFC. Uh, Tom Savage, the Houston quarterback, formerly a pit, he got his brain scrambled, but they put him right back out there on the field because the NFL don't care. CTE Uber, uh, excuse me, NFL Uber CTE, and don't forget, when you say team doctor, team always comes before doctor. But the big story, Steelers, 39, the Baltimoreans, 38, uh, just a classic game. I can't say enough about how exciting that was. That's a game that will live, uh, well, for six days anyway, because then the Steelers play New England. And, uh, in fact, I think that's mostly what we're going to be talking about this week, the game that will be, not the game that just was. Ben, 44 of 66. For 508 yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions. Ben becomes the first quarterback in National Football League history to throw for over 500 yards in three games. Antonio Brown, 11 catches, 213 yards. The Steelers were up 14-0 and 17-7, but then had to score 20 points in the fourth quarter to win the game by one. At one point in the third quarter, Baltimore on the game, up to that point, was averaging over nine yards per offensive play. Just gashing that Steeler defense. Uh, the Steelers took six penalties for 101 yards. A lot of dumbass penalties on defense. Late hits. Pass interference. I, I will say, the interference calls, the unnecessary roughness calls, a lot of borderline flags there. But after the Bengals and Steelers re uh, reenacted Omaha Beach last week, what did you expect? The referees were going to be uh, very, very strict. Uh, I will say about that D. It got gashed. It got ravaged. It got lit up. But then it got a three and out late to get the ball back and stopped the Baltimoreans at the end when T.J. Watt got that sack to end the game. So, again, guts, heart, balls. How can you not love it? I saw Cam Hayward uh, reading the defense, the riot act on the sideline, not before the D got straightened out for the finish of the game. Uh, definite leadership by number 97. So your thoughts, what can the Steelers do? How will they win the game against New England? Uh, it, it's going to be bigger. Well, I mean, there have been regular season games recently, like the immaculate extension with Antonio Brown, where you know he reached the ball over the goal line to win the division a, a couple of years back. Or was that last year? I don't know. There's been so many big games against Baltimore. But uh, I, I just don't recall a game where we pointed to that game and said, before the season started, okay, that's the game that decides home field. That's the game that decides who is going to host the AFC Championship game. And then it turned out that way. I mean, there are so many. Oh, the Immaculate Extension was only last year. Wow. There, there are just so many times we point to a game 
as being incredibly important, but uh, it don't always work out that way. Well, this year, it absolutely worked out that way. Can't wait for Steelers in New England this week. Now, Antonio Brown was incredible. How does Antonio Brown get open deep for 34 yards on the sideline in the fourth quarter with the game on the line? How does Baltimore not see that coming? And how does he get all those big balls at five foot ten? A.B. might be the best wide receiver I've ever seen when you consider inch for inch and pond for pond. No juju last night because of the suspension. Martavis Bryant was hot garbage like he just is. Mangled a couple kickoffs. But Antonio Brown was easy money. And how about Jesse James with 10 catches for 97 yards and Le'Veon Bell with 9 catches for 77 yards, which uh, proved pretty handy when the Steelers just abandoned the running game. Just not not abandoned it as uh, the game grew old. And, uh, hey, I'm not complaining. It certainly worked, but that's what they did. They abandoned the running game. Let's go to Robert and Delma. Let's get this rolling. How can the Steelers beat New England? Robert, you're on 105.9. Yeah, I think the uh, only way we're going to be able to beat New England is Obviously, we need a fireworks show on offense, but um, secondary needs to stop the dumb penalties, and we need to find some coverage linebackers to, to stop the over-the-top, the, the dink and dunks that we know Tom Brady loves to do. Well, where do you suggest the Steelers find the cover linebackers at this late date, Robert? Yeah, that's the issue. <laughs> that's and the and issue don't forget, Shazier is not in there, so they were using Motes and LJ Fort yesterday, and I thought those two guys did uh, you know the best they could, but... Um, it's tough without Shazier. It just is. Let's go to Patience. Patience, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Hey, Mark. How you doing? What up? Hey, uh, last night I noticed a lot, of, a lot of flaws, obviously, on defense that they need to correct. But the biggest flaw, I know you can't replace Shazier, but uh, Spence and Motes, mainly, and Sensible in the secondary, they all played like garbage. How are you going to bring Sean Spence in off the streets, throw him into a game, and expect him to catch up with he couldn't even catch up to that Collins out of the backfield. Like, he's he's so slow. Is that – are we well, riding I, with uh, Spencer okay, what, the year? Okay, what, what alternative do you suggest? I mean, was he the best available free agent, I guess, to bring in? I'm guess. sure he was. Certainly the best available that knew the system. They used Motes. They used Fort. They used all those guys. There ain't no Shazier out there to bring in, and, and he's not coming back anytime soon. I, I understand your frustration, Patience, but there's no answer there. Keep in mind – that uh, they lost Dante Hightower. So, you know, they're missing their playmaker at the inside linebacker spot as well. There's no point complaining about the defense. Uh, instead, just hope the offense can score 40 or 45, 50, whatever it takes Sunday against New England. Let's go to Chris in Connecticut. Chris, you're on the Mark Madden Show. How you doing, Mark? I, actually, um, I, I bet you were expecting one of these calls today. Um, how do you explain how you mocked the injury of Carson Wentz? And is it interesting how um, Philadelphia should have mocked when um, Ben Roethlisberger was accused of sexual assault? Yeah, and- okay, okay, Chris. I-, I wasn't mocking Wentz being hurt. All I said was, too bad Carson Wentz got hurt. It is. What was mocking about that? Chris, you there? No, you hung up. What, what, what's wrong with that? I said, too bad Carson Wentz got hurt. How does that translate into mocking? Now, if I would have said the Eagles' NFC Championship hopes walk with a limp, that would have been mocking it, but I didn't say that. Now you made me mock it by way of demonstrating how to mock. 
In Philadelphia, you know what? F you, F Carson Wentz. He can limp for the rest of his life as far as I'm concerned. Every time Crosby gets hurt, you call him a sissy and, and put pictures of him you know, crying and, and waving a rattle on the back of your newspaper. Seriously, I don't care that your quarterback can hurt. I just don't care. It's too bad. You had a chance to win the Super Bowl. Now you won't because the guy you put in in his place stinks, but you should be used to it because you've never won a Super Bowl anyway. Mocking it. All I said was too bad he got hurt. What am I supposed to say? Oh, boo-hoo, what a shame for the Eagles. I don't want the Eagles to win. F the Eagles. F Philadelphia. F you. Not to be critical. 412-333-9939. The New England hype. It's going to be tremendous. Absolutely wonderful, yes. I'm Mark Madden, live in Buford's on 5th Avenue, 105.9. Getting a few suggestions on Twitter about how the Steelers could beat New England. Uh, Samuel tweets, to win it's simple, hit Brady. And the offense has an A game. Well, the offense has to have an A game for the Steelers, uh, Samuel, to be sure. But hitting Brady ain't so easily done. He gets the ball out so quick. Last year, the Steelers had a couple sacks of Brady in the AFC Championship game. But it cost the Patriots just 10 yards and didn't slow Brady down very much, as evidenced by the Patriots' 36-17 win which wasn't as close as the score would indicate. Uh, Matt tweets, my suggestion is to play a modified nickel with William Gay in the middle instead of a slow inside linebacker. He knows the playbook cold and can run and tackle. Uh, Willie Gay does know the playbook cold, can't run like he did, can't tackle like he should. I feel you on that strategy, Matt, but the Steelers don't have so many DBs that it would give them an advantage in coverage to play an extra one. They're trotting Cam Sutton out there, a lot of snaps, and he barely practiced this year, uh, let alone played. Obviously spent much of the season on injured reserve. So, again, these ideas make sense in theory. In practicality, in application, I don't know. Uh, this New England game is going to be way overblown. Massive, massive hype. Uh, but the next one counts more than this one. But home field would make winning the next one a lot easier. So this one counts. It just doesn't count as much. Maybe Tom Brady gets hurt tonight playing against Miami Monday Night Football. Then I could mock it like I did with Carson Wentz, which I didn't until the guy called up and said what I said on Twitter was mocking, and I set him straight. And by the way, Philly has zero chance in the NFC not without Wentz. And it is too bad he's out. I didn't say, ha-ha, that's it. The Eagles season is over. I just said too bad about Carson Wentz. And it is. What happened to him is not career-threatening or life-threatening. He'll be back. Wentz will. Now, the big question, everybody's bringing up, can the Steelers just outscore New England, win a shootout, like, say, 39-38? We'll get to that a little bit later. Right now, let's talk to Antoine in Atlanta. Antoine, you're on with Mark. What up, Mark? What up, man? Hey, man. The only way we're going to beat Brady is by keeping him off the field. Simple as that. We go through this for years and years. 
We can't beat them. We got to keep, keep them off the field. One, two, okay, three, how do you do that? By, by running the ball? Running the ball, getting first yeah, they, down. They can't run the down. ball. They, they, their, their primary uh, offense is passing and throwing a lot of balls like Ben did last night with 66 attempts. You really think they can just pound the ball like bus style and that'll be good enough to win a low-scoring game against New England? I would say that's playing away from your strengths and being unrealistic, Antoine, but thank you for the call. Uh, I think the Steelers' best defensive weapons right now are Ben and Brown, and Bell's still a threat, but it's more out of the backfield as a target. That's always Yinzer Nation's first solution, though, when when you're, you're playing a team with an elite quarterback or a high-scoring offense. Keep them off the field. Run the ball. It's not 1970. Franco and Rocky have retired. The only way to beat New England is to outscore them. And I think even that is a long shot. Let's go to Kenny in Turtle Creek. Kenny, you're on with Mark. You've already said it, Mark, but the only way to beat New England is to outscore them. So we have to come out in a five-wide set, and we have to no huddle. Yeah, uh, I would come out no huddle. I would come out and uh, give the Patriots a little bit of a quick strike uh, taste of their own medicine. But, but I, you know, even that doesn't sound like it'll work coming out of my mouth. Now, here's Henry who tweets, thank you for the call. Play Watt, an inside backer, and play Harrison outside. Watt's never played inside backer in the National Football League, and Harrison's an old washed-up man. Okay, you got to dance with what brung you. And I think that's the same approach that scored 39 points last night against the halfway decent Baltimore defense. I think you've got to watch score New England. Can they? I don't know. Is that their best bet? I think so. In just a moment, we'll ask Matt Williamson what he thinks. It's our football guru just around the corner on 105.9. From the Edgar Snyder and Associates Studios, this is The X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Hey, hi, Mark. Hi. First day, I love your show. I just talked to David Lee Roth. He said, somebody get me a doctor. The X at 105.9. Somebody get me a shot. Joining me now, he is our football guru. Brought to you by 84 Lumbridge, former college and pro football scout, Matt Williamson. Matt, where the heck did that win come from last night? Because I thought the Steelers were dead in the fourth quarter. Um, <laughs> that's a good question. It was a wild one. I never had that feeling. I mean, maybe I was on an island there. Maybe we've just seen them win these close games so much that I thought they were going to pull it out. And honestly, about halfway through the first quarter, when it was 14 nothing, I thought the Steelers might blow them out. I mean, the offense looked that good. Um, but, man, talk about extremes in that game. Uh, how good the offense looked and how awful the defense looked, it's it's really hard to analyze this team right now as an overall, you know, where they stand against the competition. It's also tough to analyze what they do and why they do it. I mean, if it works, it works. But look at last night, Matt. The Steelers abandoned the run totally and probably did it before they had to, didn't they? That I kind of disagree with because I felt that, especially with Jimmy Smith out of the lineup, that running against the Ravens made little sense. You know, over the last five games, they had held uh, teams to like 2.8 yards per carry. They had Brandon Williams back. He wasn't there in the first meeting. They have some beasts up front that are just run-stuffing, run-stuffing nose-tackle types 
that I'm sure that the game plan going into that game was this is going to be Ben and A.B., and their secondary is vulnerable. So I kind of thought that would be their approach before the game started. How does A.B. keep getting open? His reputation precedes him, obviously. And, for example, he gets deep for 34 yards with the game on the line in the fourth quarter. How's that happen? It's unbelievable. It really is. I mean, as great as he has been for, what, four or five years now at the top of the list of all wide receivers, I watch him now and think he's even better. You know, that I can't wait, just from a, a pure NFL analyst standpoint, I can't wait to watch the coaching film after next week to see to what extremes Belichick goes to try to take him out of the equation. You know, I mean, he's well known as take the best thing you do out of the equation. Is he going to have three guys running around with A.B.? I mean, and he knows it's coming every week. It's not like these are the first guys to say, boy, we're going to try to take Antonio out of the game plan. And I thought the Ravens did a really good job, at least in the TV copy, of disguising some coverages bringing the safety into the box, and then quickly at the snap running him over the top of Brown. But he's had such a good feel for not only beating you know, top corners, but knowing where the help is coming from, the mental side to wide receiver play that I don't think people realize that, okay, they're playing this zone, he's getting help in this direction, so I'm going to you know, bait him to take a step this way so I can get free and create space. There's nobody like him. Well, let me tack one thing onto there, uh, Matt. He's five foot ten, and he goes up and gets balls and battles and traffic and gets them. That might be the most underrated part of his game, I think. I agree with you. I mean, I've said for years, and I've had people in the league tell me that the thing that makes AB rare is he doesn't slow down at all coming out of brakes. He's like a Lamborghini taking a turn without ever putting the brakes on. But I think as he's developed and he works so hard at it, like you said. He plays so much bigger than his size now. I mean, not only is he great on the sidelines, but going up in the end zone and the physical aspects of the game and playing above the rim. Uh, ben was unreal last night, 44-66. He made Jesse James into a star for one night, really overcame Juju not being there, and also Martavis Bryant, who was hot garbage once again. Yeah, I don't know what else to add to that. You're 100% right. Um, I, I was thinking during that game, as well as the offense in the passing game was humming, I was thinking, what if they had Juju? Or what if they had an average starting tight end? You know, I mean, to me, Jesse James is a backup. And with all respect, he played well. He's reliable. But what if, you know, Vance McDonald was starting to show what he could do? I've been excited about him forever. Yet again, he gets hurt. But since halftime of the Colts game, but with the exception of Brady and, I guess, Wentz, I mean, who's played better than Ben? I mean, I was really critical of him up until that point. I don't take that back. I don't think he played well at all to begin the year. But, wow, has he been good. The Steeler D made a couple big stops late uh, to get the ball back and then uh, the sack by T.J. Watt to end the game. But it's really in trouble without Shazier and Hayden, isn't it? Really in trouble, yeah. I mean, like one of the worst defenses in the league trouble. Uh, it's the tackling, the lack of speed and athleticism and coverage at the second level, really poor safety play of late. Um, at least Hayden's return is on the horizon, you would think. The edge pass rush has been very poor for some time. 
Um, although I do think Watt was one of the better defensive, one of the, the one of the few bright spots on that side of the ball this in this game. Not only the sack, but overall, I thought he played well. But even you know, like I said something on Twitter last night that if you look at this defense right now, I think Tuit and Hayward are the only two players that I would say are above average starters for their position, and that shocked me from where we were not that long ago. And even those two. We're getting pushed around a little bit at times, too. And even Hargrave, who I'm a big, big fan of. I, mean, I still think the defensive line is the strength of the team or the defense, and they haven't been dominant. We're talking about Williamson, our football guru. He's brought to you by 84 Lumber. How did Moats and Ford – pardon me? The tackling's atrocious. Well, there you go. Uh, how did Moats <laughs> and how did Moats and Ford do in, in place of Shazier? Uh, and I, I think they used a, a bit more nickel and dime to try to make up for his loss. But, boy, to take that playmaker out of the middle of the D, well, it looked like Baltimore noticed because look at the night Alex Collins had. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the range there now is really poor. Uh, I don't know who is a, a good coverage or space player of the group. Um, I heard the snap counts today. Vince Williams played like 90% of the snaps which in reality, I don't have a problem with Vince. He is what he is. He's probably a guy that should pay, play 50% of the snaps. Um, Moats played a fair amount, as did Spence. Um, and they looked like there was communication errors, which you can understand. I mean, Moats isn't an inside linebacker, and I don't think he ever will be of a, a even serviceable one. And Spence hasn't been playing football and came off the street a couple days ago. And I wonder if he's ever going to be close to the answer. Um, Fort is the interesting one to me, though. Is he only played like 16 or 17 snaps and was and was fourth on the inside linebacker list for snap count? And to me, of those four guys, he's really the only athlete of the group, the only one that I like in space and ability to run. And some people have told me that you know, like when he's gotten in there, he sometimes gets in trouble with assignments and alignment. But, man, he's been here a long time. That, that can't happen. Is there any way to fix the defense, per se? I, I know Hayden might come back. I'd be shocked if he came back for the New England game. But I'm talking different scheme, whatever, Matt. Is there any tweak they can explore? I've been thinking and thinking on that one. And when you're slow and unathletic at the second level, a lot of things really get exposed. You know, that it just shows that Shazier like a lot of great players or a great quarterback, just made up for so many other problems because of his speed, because of his ability to make plays behind the line of scrimmage as a coverage player. Um, I'm not coming up with anything, and certainly not against New England. You know that We were talking on SNR today that I, I could see this trajectory for the defense, that Brady puts up 50 or something, just for, goes insane against them. And then they play Houston, then they play Cleveland, and we start to say that, boy, the defense is starting to settle in and the linebackers look better than they are. And, you know, this defense is starting to peak at the right time going into the playoffs. But the reality is that that's probably a false narrative and they just played two bad teams to end the season. Um, I think that this uh, – I said I put something on Twitter last night. I mean, take the over in every Steeler game no matter what the number is. Well, and never mind the absences of Shazier and, and probably Hayden for the New England game. The Patriots are just a terrible matchup for Pittsburgh, right, Matt? Especially 
their offense against Pittsburgh's defense, the Pittsburgh zone against Brady. I just can't see any way the Steelers play D as they prefer and even have a chance against Tom Brady. I 100% agree. I wish I had some optimism for you. I'm excited to watch the, the, the Patriots tonight. But to even take it a step further, since Hogan has been out of the lineup for New England and he returns tonight, New England has run the ball really, really well, and they've done it with heavy personnel. They, they want fullbacks in the game, um, extra tight ends. Now, Gronkowski's uh, out for tonight because of suspension, but I thought that was – I think that's the best way to attack the Steelers right now is I want as many of those inside linebackers on the field as I possibly can. So if they come out with a back, uh, you know, a fullback, two big tight ends, and Brandon Cooks – you're going to see a lot of moats and those guys on the field, and then Brady's going to detach Deion Lewis or Burkhead and be an empty, and Gronkowski's going to split out wide and just abuse those guys. Uh, as you mentioned, New England plays tonight. They've won eight in a row. Big margin of victory in most games. Is their offense and Brady, despite the injuries that have pockmarked the, that platoon throughout the year, is that offense as good as ever right now? Yeah. It really is. Uh, you know, and like I said, they, they won't have Gronk. Now they get Hogan. They're just such a chameleon. You know, the, you said the, the Patriots are a bad matchup for the Steelers. They absolutely are. That's a straight-out fact. But they're a bad matchup for everyone because Brady's smarter than everybody else, and, and they, they, they get guys that can adapt and play to your weaknesses no matter what style defense you play. Um, and then on the other side of the ball, everyone wants to say, boy, the Steelers will put 40 on them. Well, over the last eight games, the Patriots have, are allowing less than 12 points a game. And it hasn't been a murderer's row, but you keep teams around 12 points a game, they're unstoppable. Well, right, but in that vein, Matt, how much has the loss of Hightower hurt that Patriots defense, which statistically, anyway, isn't very good? Yeah, but you're right. But like I said, over the last eight games, they're allowing less than 12 points a game. And their statistics were the worst in the league before those eight games. You know, they had a lot of coverage busts. They had a lot of new parts. They, they flat-out played terrible defense. And you're right about Hightower, too, that you look at their front seven, they're a bunch of dudes that do their job but aren't anything close to pro bowlers. There's not even a plus real athlete of the group. Hightower was that one guy. Not only was he the leader, but he was the first-round pick pedigree, you know, that could run and do everything you ask of an inside linebacker. They don't have that guy. But they also don't throw a lot at you. I mean, they're pretty simple on defense, and they do their job, and they, they toughen up in the red zone as always. They're not easy to play against anymore. How can the Steelers' D contain Brady? That's the question I'm going to be asked a million times between now and then. You're going to be asked it too, Matt. Uh, give me a hypothetical because I know that's the best we can do because there's probably no legitimate answer. Right. I, I don't think there's an answer, and I don't think they will contain them. The one thing I will say is Tuitt and Hayward have to get quick pressure on him, put him on his butt a few times. Um, he's taken more hits this year than he has in the past. Some of it's because they've been throwing deep a fair amount and he's been holding the ball longer. But you can see he noticeably – noticeably dislikes it more than ever at 40 years old. And Hayward and Tewitt are capable of doing that, getting immediate pressure up the middle in the A and B gap. On the flip side, how can the New England defense stop Ben and that Steelers passing game? And like you said, 
Belichick likes to eliminate what you do best. What will he have planned for Antonio Brown? Yeah, that, like I said, I can't wait to watch that tape because I think I will learn a lot more about the Steelers through Belichick's eyes. You know, what does Belichick truly fear the most with this team? Is he going to um, do everything? Because I think leading into the AFC Championship game, Bell was the guy he feared the most. And then Bell goes out and, you know, he'll never admit this, but I'm sure, you know, Belichick was doing cartwheels saying we don't have to defend Bell now. And Bell was at the height of his powers at that point. I would think Brown's the guy now, you know, that as good as as Bell and the running game can be, I think the passing game with the way that Ben is playing is more dangerous and Brown's the most dangerous guy in the league. I know the Steelers can outscore New England. That's what everybody's calling for today, Matt. But how likely is that to happen, given all we've talked about today? I think it's unlikely, and I'm really, really impressed with the Steelers' offense. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I absolutely am. But the Patriots' offense is every bit as good, if not better. And on the defensive side of the ball, right now the teams aren't close. Matt, as always, and, great stuff. Go ahead. Mark, one little quick note. And after and with the Wentz injury, I kind of look at it, and, and I wrote this on Twitter last night, that I feel like it's the Patriots and then the other 31 teams again. Oh, you think that the Wentz injury brings the Eagles that far back to the pack? Yeah, and even Minnesota, they lost, and they don't look as good. I mean, like, the NFC is really good, but I still think New England just keeps getting better and better with, and when it matters most and are separating themselves from the league again. I'm with you. And, and I, like, I'd love to see the Steelers beat New England Sunday, and I know Guts and Hart have gone a long way for Pittsburgh, but I don't think there's any team that has taken Guts and Hart out of the mix like New England. I think they turn into a very clinical exercise where the better team and better execution wins, and there's no way to untangle that if you're the opposition. Yeah, Brady and Belichick are cold-hearted assassins. They're the best in the business of what they do. Matt, again, great stuff. We'll talk next week. All right, Mark. Take care. That's Matt Williamson, I live at Buford's Kitchen on 5th Avenue right across from PPG Paints Arena. couple new guys got elected to the Baseball Hall of Fame. And every time that happens, it's not quite as much a Hall of Fame anymore as it is a Hall of Very Good. 105.9 X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. It's a rare chance for you to have a brush with greatness. Make the most of it. Hey, Mark, big fan, big fan. Say, here's another great name from the past. The X at 105.9. I saw Jason Bonham's Led Zeppelin experience last night in Cleveland. I watched the Steeler game when I got back on DVR. And uh, Bonham played No Quarter, the song you're listening to now. And the song you'll hear at uh, 4 p.m., the relatively obscure Sick Again. It was like a Mark Madden Show tribute within the context of a Led Zeppelin tribute last night at Cleveland. No Quarter brought to you by McDonald's. I'm loving it. Angel tweets, the Steelers have no chance next week. I'm calling 51-17 New England. Wow. With that said, the Patriots have beaten only three teams with winning records, two of which are 7-6. I don't think the Patriots are going to score 51 points on the Steelers. I think the Steelers will score enough points to negate that possibility. And I'm not saying the Steelers can't win. 
but they've won a lot of games lately on guts. In their last five games, they've won games by three points, three points, three points, and one point, with only one more comfortable margin mixed in there somewhere. And I'm not sure you outgut New England. Outscore, maybe, but not outgut. Have to like Rosie Nix with the big touchdown catch last night. That's his fifth reception ever in the NFL and his first of this season, and it goes for a key touchdown en route to beating the Baltimore. And so anyway, can the Steelers just outscore New England? Like, say, 39-38 like last night. That New England defense is not good. Statistically, bottom of the league, no high tower. If you can successfully force the kind of game we're all hoping, that high-scoring shootout, that 39-38 affair, that makes the game a coin flip. And I would take a coin flip. In this game, of course, why wouldn't you? It feels like such a big game, doesn't it? At the beginning of the season, we said, week 15, New England to Pittsburgh. That's going to decide the top seat in the AFC, and here we are, 14 weeks later, and it worked out exactly like that. Exactly like that. How often does that happen? 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Penguins host Colorado tonight. Uh, Patrick Hornquist looks like he's going to be in the lineup after taking a puck in the face in the loss Saturday to Toronto. But uh, he is off Sid's line. He's going to be on the third line with the suddenly red-hot Riley Shane. A goal in each of his last two games. Sid, Sheary, and Gensler back together, and I guess that was always just about inevitable. Uh, Tell you who made a real smart play last night. And I think he did it for why I think he did it. But did you see where Artie Burns got called for a flag? And he tore off his helmet and started to argue which ordinarily would get him a second flag and probably an ejection because he took off the helmet, you see. And William Gay ran on the field with his helmet on like he was substituting for Artie Burns. I don't know if that saved Artie Burns the extra penalty, but it might have, and that's some quick thinking by Willie Gay. Uh, I was watching ESPN today. Pains me to admit this. I don't like the guy. Ryan Clark is so good as an analyst. He is one of the best former player NFL analysts in the history of TV. And I say that with a heavy heart. It makes me want to cry and vomit at the same time. But Ryan Clark, boy, is he tremendous. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Uh, The New York Yankees got Giancarlo Stanton. We'll talk about that a bit later. John Heyman. The baseball writer says the New York Yankees are trying to acquire Garrett Cole from the Pirates. But the impression Heyman gets at this point is that the Pirates are unwilling to trade Cole. At this point is what he said. The Yankees getting Stanton. That's the kind of thing that makes people in small markets say F baseball. That really is what it makes you think. It looks like Derek Jeter bought the Marlins to stooge for the Yankees. And why did Jeter buy the Marlins if all he's going to do is chop payroll and make it into just this 110-loss team? 
I mean, financially, obviously, there's reward with revenue sharing, guaranteed TV money, and so forth. But uh, how much fun can that be for Derek Jeter? And really, PR-wise, it's an awful look for him and a bad look for baseball. Uh, I want to shout out to uh, my buddies down at Slice on Broadway. Haven't been there for a while. Stopped and picked up some uh, a pepperoni and ground-up hot Italian sausage pie. We have a lot of great pizza in town, but uh, that pie with the ground-up hot Italian sausage from Slice on Broadway, that really is the very best. It saved the weekend, too, because Liverpool got screwed on a bad penalty call. Wound up tying, hated Everton one-to-one. God, that made me want to vomit. In just 30 seconds, we're going to talk about the Steelers-Patriots game because that's all we're going to be talking about between when it goes down. Steelers and Patriots, 30 seconds away on 105.9.